The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masichet Sota has been dedicated by our good friends and Talmud, Mr. Haimi and Dina Dana, for the success of their children and especially the Fuashirema Moshe Ben Dina. Today's daf is being studied for Ashlema Sarah, Ruhama, Bat, Rahel, Sarah, Bat, Rahel, Moshe, Ben Dina, Inna, Refanelahim, Inna, Refanelahim, Inna, Refanelahim, Fatanefesh, Ufuataguf, Ufuatam, Kerubana, Bovechen, Yerasom, Ramar, Amen. We begin today's daf on Membet, Amudbet, and we are starting on the bottom of the Amud. The Mishnah quoted. Uh, what the Kohen Mashuach Milchama used to say when they used to make the announcement to the people when they were going out of the war. And the Mishnah quotes, Ve'atem, i'atem ken, ki Hashem Elohechem, ha'olech ammachem, lehillachem lachem. So the Gebra says, Ve'kol kach lama, which means, what does it mean when it says Hashem Elohechem, ha'olech ammachem? Rashi says, the question is like this, look at the Rashi on the bottom, Ve'kol kach lama, what is this guarantee that the Kohen Mashuach says, That would be enough. It sounds like that God is actually walking with the people in the war. How is God walking in the war? So the Gemara says, Because he used to take the Aaron to the war. And in the Aaron was the Luchot, and under the Luchot they had the Shemot of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Now she says, that the Aaron used to go out to war with them, says the Shemot of Kedushim, Havaya, Elohim, different names of God. And therefore the name of God is going out into the war. Munahim, Ammahim. Comes the Gabbana and says, Vechenu Omer, like the Pasuk says, Vayishlah Otam Moshe. Elef Lamateh, Elef Lamateh, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he sent out to the work of Midian, he sent Elif Lamate, 1,000 soldiers per tribe, Lasaba, Otam, them, Ve'et Pinehas. So the Gebra says on this Pasuk, Otam, who's Otam? Elu Sanhedrin. When it says he sent them, that's referring to the Sanhedrin. The Mefarshim say, how do you know that Otam is the Sanhedrin? Because the Pasuk says, Vayishlah Otam Moshe Elif Lamate, Lasaba, Otam. It says Otam twice. So the fact that it says Otam twice, we know the Sanhedrin was Keneged Kol Kla Yisrael. The Sanhedrin were equal to all the Jewish people. So when it says Otam, it means the Jewish people. And Otam meaning the Sanhedrin that's equal to all the Jewish people. They were sent out to the war. Pinehas Zemashuah Milhama. Who was the Mashuah Milhama in that war? Pinehas. Dechleya Kodesh Ze'aron Veluchot Shebo. Dechleya Kodesh, that was the Aron that used to go out to fight the wars, which means the Aron used to go out even in Minhamit Mitzvah, which just was Minhamit Mitzvah, the Aron used to go out. The Hasoserot, the Tiru'am, and the trumpets. Elu Hashofarot. This is referring to the Shofarot. So we see from over here what? 
that the Aron HaKodesh with the Shemot HaKedoshim used to go out to war with the Jewish people. Comes again and says, Tana, Lo Dehenna Malach Pinehas Lemilhama which means that war that they fought against Midian, who went? Pinehas. So the question is, why not Yoshua bin Nun? How come not uh, El-Azar? How come Pinehas was sent to go fight this war? I mean, he wasn't the general. Why was he sent to fight this war? In order to make a judgment with his paternal grandfather. Actually, it's his maternal grandfather. Maternal grandfather. It says by Yosef al-Sadiq that the Midianim, sold Yosef to Misraim. Now Pinehas, the assumption is that from his mother's side came from Yosef. So if they wanted to take a Nekamah, they wanted to take a revenge. That you, Midianim, when Yosef was sold to you, Yosef was probably crying to them, don't sell me to the Misraim, return me to my father. But they didn't listen, they sold him to Misraim. So therefore Pinehas wanted to take revenge against the Midianim that sold his uh, uh, descendant or was actually his ancestor, Yosef. Yosef <laughs> You tell me that Pinehas comes from Yosef? It says that Al-Azad, the son of Aaron, took from the daughters of Putiel for a wife. My love, We know that Pinehas was the son of Al-Azad. Pinehas bin Al-Azad bin Aaron And we know Al-Azad... He went and married from the daughters of Putiel. Who is Putiel? The reason why he calls him Putiel is that Elazar married from the daughters of Putiel. Who's Putiel? The one that fattened up calves for Abu Dazara. Who was the one that fattened up calves for Abu Dazara? Yitro. Because we know Yitro worshipped Abu Dazara. That means Elazar, the father of Pinehas, married into Yitro's family. So therefore that means that, Yit, that Pinehas' maternal grandfather was from Yitro, not from Yosef. So the Bible says, Lo, mi Yosef, it's from Yosef. Shepetpet bi Yisro. That when it says Putiel, Putiel doesn't mean the one that fattened up calves for Abu Dazara, but Petpetra, she says Zilzel. It was referring to Yosef. Yosef, he was Mizalzel Vechavash Oto, which means he belittled his Yetzirara and he conquered it. And therefore, we can say that when it says that El Azar married from the Benot Putiel, it's not Yitro, Chipitem Agalim, it's Yosef, Shepetpet be Yisro, that he mistreated his Yetzirara and he conquered it. So therefore, Pinahas came from. Yosef, the Gemara says, what do you mean? But we know the Gemara says that the tribes, after Pinehas killed Zimri ben Salu, so it says the tribes started to belittle and berate Pinehas. They said, look at this man over here. Is he worthy? The one that comes from the grandfather that worshipped Abu Dazara. He's going to go now and kill Zimri ben Salu, a tribal leader, which means the Jewish people, they felt that Pinehas was not the Shem Shamayim. They felt that when he killed Zimri, who was he to kill Zimri? That's committing an Avera. He comes from a family of, of the Abu Dazara. And who's that? Yitro. So you see from this Gemara that really the paternal or the maternal grandfather of Yitro was uh, Yitro. Of Pinehas was Yitro. It wasn't Yosef. So the Gemara says, Ela, I Abu Di'imem Yosef. 
which means he came from both. If you're going to say his his maternal grandfather, that's Abu de Imme, his maternal grandfather came from Yosef, so we'll say his maternal grandmother came from Yitro. Or the opposite, if his maternal grandmother came from Yosef, Abu de Imme Yitro, so his paternal, grand, his maternal grandfather came from Yitro. Which means, really he came from both. He came from Yitro and he came from Yosef. Which means, on his mother's side, his mother's mother, he maybe was from Yitro, and his father's mother, and his mother's father, I'm sorry, was from uh, Yosef, or the opposite. The point is, on his mother's side, he can come both from Yitro and, and Yosef. It says that Al-Azab, the father of Pinaas, he took from the daughters of Putiel. If the fact, it could have said over there, it could have said Putiel. From the fact that it said Putiel, that's Lashon Rabin. So therefore, it's mashma that what? It's two Putiels. Putiel number one, the one that was Mifat Pet Yitro, that's Yosef. And the one that was Mifatim Agalim, Avodah Zarah, that is Yitro. So in Echnamir, Kotre Maskanad Gemara, Pinehas came from Yitro and Yosef. And therefore, he went to take a revenge when he went to fight against Midyam for what they did to his grandfather Yosef, that they sold him, the Midyanim sold him to Misraim. So therefore, Pinehas went in order to settle the score what they did to the father. Gemara is just proving that Pinehas descended from the Yosef as well as Yitro. Comes the Mishnah. The Mishnah begins. And the officers. Speak to the people and they say, Miyaish Asher Bana Bayit Hadash Velo Hanako, Yelech Miyashuv Lebeto. So anybody that built a new house uh, and he did not yet inaugurate it yet, so he is able to go back from the war. So the Gibbara Mishnah says, even if he builds a house in order to keep the straw, beta bakar or a corral in order to keep the animals, beta aitzim in order to keep the wood, beta utzarot, or he builds a storage in order to keep the wine, the yayin, as she says, shemen utwa, or the wheat or the oil, not only if he built it, if he buys it, it's also a new house, or he inherited a new house, or somebody gave him a gift of a new house. These are again the exemptions of those people that do not have to go to war. Somebody that planted a, a vineyard, and he did not mehalelet uh, it. What is mehalelet yet? So we know that when a person plants a field, the first three years he's not allowed to eat from the fruit. That's called orla. And then in the fourth year, it's called neta lebai. In the fourth year, he has to take from the fruit. And either make a pidyon and take the money to Yerushalayim, or he takes the fruit themselves and brings it to Yerushalayim. So therefore it says, which means you did not yet reach the fourth year where you were able to benefit and eat from the fruit. So long as you cannot benefit from the fruit that you planted, you're exempt from the war. For now one, whether he plants a vineyard, or for that matter, somebody that plants any grouping of five trees of food, five fruit trees, which means even if they are from five different species, they mistaref, which is even if they're five different fruit, they are mistaref. Now, Rashi says, which is when the Torah says a kerem, it has to be a minimum size. She gives us the picture. If you look at the Messiah, you see two parallel to two, and then one coming out like a tail. 
That's what a kidim is. So then, as long as you have five fruit trees in that pattern, so then already, even if they're made from five different species, doesn't matter, it's a kidim, and so long as it's not the fourth year yet, the soldier is exempt, he goes back from the war. Whether he planted, what is mavrich? Sometimes when a person, he has a, a, a plant. So he takes the top of the plant and he bends it over and he places the top of the tree into the ground. That's, by that, it causes it to sprout again. Then he cuts the middle, now he has two trees. Again, he takes the tree, it's, it's, it's soft. He bends it over into the ground, so the head of the tree is now in the ground, so it takes root again, and he cuts it, now he has two trees. That's called mavrikh. Vehad and markiv. Markiv means to graft. Grafting means you take from uh, a tree, you make a hole in the tree, uh, you make a nikiv, and then you take from another tree, and you put the branch inside of it, and you wrap it together, so now the two trees become one. That is called grafting. So even if the trees are grafted, that is an exemption from the... From the war, or he buys the field, or he inherits the field, or even if he received it as a gift. Or for that matter, a person who got engaged. Whether he got married, engaged to an betula, virgin, or an almana, a widow. Which means, even let's say, he is a, uh, a man. That his brother died, and now without children, so he's a shemitah and He's waiting now to fulfill the mitzvah of yibum with his brother's wife. So therefore, he goes back as well. Even if he heard, let's say that his brother died in the war, and therefore he has to go back in order to fulfill the mitzvah of yibum. He goes back from the war. Now, call elu all these that we're talking about over here shomayim. You have to take out the word ve'elu. Shomayin devre kohen. They hear the words of the queen when he announces these exemptions. Ma'archem milhama. They give the rules of the war. Ve'chuzrin. And they go back. However, umsepekin ma'im umazon. But they can't go back home. They have to go back and they give out water and provisions to the army. Which means they still have to work. But not in the capacity of soldiers. They work as uh, like in the mess hall. They give out food and things like that. Umitakenim etadarachim. And they also have to fix the road. So you see, it's an exemption from war, but it's not a total exemption where they're able to go home. And the following, they don't even have to go back, which means these guys over here, they have to go to the border, to the Sefar, like we said. They go to the border, the Kohen makes an announcement of all the exemptions, and they go back home. The following that the Mishnah is going to list, they don't even have to go to the border, they don't even have to go out to the war. They're exempt in totality. A person builds a house. They're calling it Bechar, which means a uh, with, with, with a gate. Aksadra. Aksadra is like a, uh, a poor. Uh, not Aksadra. Aksadra more is like a. Um, uh, it's an open area over there, like a roof without a ma'ake, without a um, without a, uh, a, a ledge. That's like an Aksadra. Umar Pes is like a porch that he built, which means any of these items over here that he built, uh, these things over here. Hanotea. I'm sorry, I'm reading, I'm going again. Forgive me, I correct myself. I made a mistake. These people do not 
go back, which means they have to go and fight the war. They do not go back home. They have to stay in the war itself. They have no exemption. If a person builds a bitchad, what is a bitchad? All these items over here are not really houses. Bitchad is a small little uh, house over there that's in front of the uh, courtyard over there. That's where the Shemeda Petach sits over there. So it's a small little house. It's really not considered a permanent uh, structure. Aksad, as I told you, is a roof without a ma'akeh, but Pesit is a porch. These are not considered houses. So therefore, they are not exempt from war. Or he plants, let's say, only four trees. Or he plants five trees, but they're not fruit trees. Or let's say a person, he's got, he got married, but he's getting, he retakes back his Gerusha. So that's not a new marriage already, which means he was divorced, he took back his uh, first wife. Almana le Kohen Gadol, or it's a forbidden marriage. It says an almana to the Kohen Gadol, Gerusha v'halutza le Kohen Ejot, or a Gerusha v'halutza to Kohen Ejot, which is also a forbidden marriage. Mamzer v'netina, the Yisrael, or Mamzer v'netina, as we know, these people are forbidden to marry. Yisrael, bat Yisrael le Mamzer, or a daughter of Yisrael to a... They do not go back from the wall because these are not considered legal exemptions. Which means even if a person, he took apart his house and she says, He demolished his house. He built it exactly the same measurements as the first house. Which means he did not add any thing to the structure. Which is, if a guy bought a new house, even though it's not a new house, to him it's new. Or he inherits a house. To him it's new. But this house is not new. He had the house already and he just rebuilt it. But it's the same structure. He didn't even add any rooms. So therefore he is not exempt from the war. Lebenim Sharon Sharon is the name of a place. That she says, Makom Sharon on the second column of Rashi, the Lebenim. It doesn't hold the land, brick homes. It's not gonna last that house. Which is every seven years you have to rebuild it twice. So therefore that's not considered a legitimate house because it keeps on getting destroyed because the land is not sustainable for such type of structures. This is what I meant to tell you earlier. The following people, they don't even move from their homes. They don't even have to go out to the war. Till now we discussed the people that go out to the war and they have an exemption. They have to go home and fix the roads and give out food to the people. The second group over there, they got to fight. The third group, they don't even have to go out at all. They don't even have to get exempted. They're exempted from the beginning. Who was that? He built a house and he inaugurated it, but he's within the first year, which is the Shanari Shona. He is uh, exempt. She says, Velo dar bo He did not live in the house for a yenata kerem Which means he planted a vineyard, but what? <coughs> the fourth year, it's still the fourth year. So, so long as within the fourth year you have the mezvav hilul, which means that whole year you can take the fruits up to Yerushalayim and eat it. So, once you're in the fourth year, there's a total exemption. <coughs> if he gets married, in the first case was he only got engaged. In this case, he actually got married, he consummated, he actually took the 
יהיה במה שנאמר נקי יהיה לביתו שנה אחת which means he's going to be clean from his house which means for his house for one full year בשביל ביתו which means לביתו בשביל ביתו so comes the Gemara and says לביתו זה ביתו for his house that means for when he built his house and he, he didn't live in it for one year he has a total exemption יהיה when it says the Pasuk uh, that it says in the Pasuk over there, Naki Yihyeh, what does the word Yihyeh mean? Zeh Karmo, this is referring to his vineyard, that what the she says, Zibuyahu, Hosif Lecha Habaya Aheret, Liyot Kazeh, that means what? That means over here, let's just see the, the text over here that they're bringing down, why is Yihyeh teaching me Karmo? Let's see why that should be so. Because oh, the Pasuk could have said, Naki Hu, the fact that it says Yihyeh is coming to include another Ptur. And what is that? Not only if he's, he wasn't Mehanech his house, but if he wasn't Mehanech his Kerem. That means he has one year to enjoy the fourth year fruits of the Kerem. So that's what it means. Nakiyelebeto means his house. Yihyeh is referring to the Kerem that he also has one year exemption. Vesimach et ishto, and he will make his wife happy. Zu ishto, that's his wife. I mean, it means Nisuin. Asher lakah, that he took. Lavi et yibimto, it's coming to include a different wife. That what? The, even the Yivama that he married. And maspikim maimu mazon, they don't even have to supply food. They don't even have to fix the roads. They have a total exemption. So let's just review over here very quickly. Basically, the Mishnah came along and said there are three groups of people that have uh, a subject with the Kohen Mashiach. The first group over here has a partial exemption. They're partur from fighting, but they still have to do public service. And those are the ones somebody got engaged, somebody that's building a house yet but did not finish it, or somebody that's in the first three years of planting the uh, tree his field, the skerim, and uh, things like that. So all those people over there have a partial exemption. However, if let's say he marries Be'isur, or he doesn't plant a full-fledged kerim, or, or he builds a non-house structure, he just builds like a shed or things like that, a porch, he has no exemption, he must go out to fight. However, once the house is built and he didn't live in it for a year, he has a full exemption, he doesn't have to do anything, he doesn't have to go out to the war, or he gets married, or takes a Yibama, or things like that, he is, or he's in the fourth year of his kerem, he is totally exempt. Comes the Gemaran says, Tanu Rabbanan, we have a Braita. Now the Gemaran is going to analyze what exactly is said over here. It says that the officers, they were the ones that would speak to the soldiers before they would go out to the war. Would they say their own things? Which means, do the Shotrim have their own script? They read their own words? It says that the Shotrim add. Which is Masra that they add to, to what the Kohen says. That means they must be saying their own stuff and then they add. Which means they must be adding to what the Kohen said. What does it mean? Which means the Shotirim repeat to the soldiers what the Mashuah Melchama said. Which means like this. Basically, there's three situations the Gibran is going to say. 
Kohen medaber v'shoter mashmiyah, which means initially the Kohen speaks and he gives them uh, certain words, and the shotrim go around to the soldiers and they are mashmiyah. They voice exactly what the Kohen mashuah melchama said. So it comes out that the Kohen mashuah melchama, the Gemara is going to say, says his own words. And then he goes around and is going to publicize his own words to the people. Then it's going to say that when Mashruam Alma says words that the Shoteh goes around to publicize, and then the Yasefua Shoterim, they say their own words. The Gibraltar is going to explain that right now. Tani Ada. We have one bride that says, Kohen Medaber, Veshoter Mashmiya. The Kohen speaks, and the Shoteh goes around to publicize the words. Vetanya Ida, Kohen Medaber, Vekohen Mashmiya. That the Kohen himself speaks, and the Kohen goes around and publicizes his own word. Vetanya Ida, Shoteh Medaber, Vekohen Mashmiya. The Shoteh himself speaks, and the Shoteh himself publicizes the words. How do we make all these words? So the Gemara says, Amara Baye, Akitzat. So the Gemara says, Bevinigash, Veat, Vedberu, Kohen Medaber, Vekohen Mashmiya. Now, I'd like you to go back in your books. You should have a. Uh, uh, a, a, a paragraph of the Pesukim of Kohen Mashuam al-Hamas. In the Varim Chaf, Pesukim Alef to Tet. The Pesuk says, Ki tetzela melchama lo yebecha. Veraita sus varechev amra vimecha lo tiram ehem, ki adonai eloecha imach, hamaalcha meeris muslaim. Vehaya, and it'll be, ki karuvchem ela melchama. Now, vinigash ha-Kohen, vidibir al-Am. The Kohen goes and he speaks to the people. What does he say? Ve'amara lehem. I mean the Pesukim. Shema Yisrael atim kerevim ayom lemelchama aloi bechem. Al yerach lebavchem. Don't be scared. Al tireu v'atachbezu v'atachatzut penehem. Do not be scared like we learned on yesterday's daf. Ki adonai lechem alechem achem. Lillahem lechem aloi bechem lo shiadchem. Because God is going to help you and fight and beat the enemies. That the Kohen himself says. And he himself publicized. That's only his item. Nobody else says it. Then what happens? Now. Now, from the next Pesukim that says, That the Kohanim say, And after the Kohen says it, the Shoter goes around and publicizes. Now, what does the Pesuk say? Who built a new house and did not yet inaugurate it. We don't want him to die in the war, and somebody else is going to inaugurate it instead of him. So that the Kohen says it and the Shoter is Mashmiya. And then the Gemara says, and then from the word, the Pasuk of the Yasefu, which says in the Pasuk, Whoever scared from Averot that they made, should not soften the hearts of his brothers like he is. That is what Shotem Bittaber Vishotem Mashmiya. So basically, you have over here a Botai three different stages of the speech that is made at the Milhama. First, you have the opening statement of Shema Yisrael that's made by the Kohen, and he says it and he, he broadcasts it, we'll say, to the whole nation. And then you have the exemptions that is said by the Kohen and then repeated and broadcasted to the people by the Shotrim. Then you have the statement that says, Miyaisha Yerev that's whoever's scared of any since they commit, they can also go back home. That is said by the Shotrim and broadcasted by the Shotrim as well. Now the Gemara goes and discusses the exemption of building a new house. Who is the person that built a new house? 
Somebody had built. Eli ena asher bana. Not only talks about where he built it. Bakach v'yarash. Or let's say he bought it. Or he inherited. V'nitan no bematana minayin. Or let's say he bought it. He got it as a gift. How do you know he's also exempt? Tamud Omar ni haish asher bana bayit. Because it says haish. It could have said mi asher bana bayit. The fact is mi haish. It's a ribui to come along and say that anybody that got it, whether he got it as a gift or he got it as a uh, as a matana or he got it, he bought it or he got it as a Yerusha. And he had a bayit. That only teaches me a house. Minayin that I bought beta tevin or beta makar or beta aisim. How do you know that even the house that's built for straw, not for residency, or for makar for the animals, or beta aisim or for wood, or beta atzot or to store wine or oil or tibu'ah, tamud omar asher bana mikol makom. Now if it says Asher Bana, I mean he built, built anything, which means any type of structure. You're going to tell me any structure, even a bit shahar, that's a little, that's a little hut that they built for the security guard. Or as the roof without a marpesa, without a ma'akeh, or marpesa is a porch. Tamud Omar Bayit, it has to be a house. Just like a house has to be befitting for dwelling, so to any type of structure that has to be Ra'ui for dwelling. Now let's read Rashi. Rashi is in the second column. Rashi is in the second column. The fact the Pasuk does not say, it says Asher Bana Bayit. So you read it like this. When it says Bana Mikol Makom, which means any type of uh, house, which means whether it's Beta Teven, whether it's uh, Beta Bakar, and things like that, Asher Bana. Then it says, wait, but it has to be a Bayit. What does a Bayit mean? It has to be a structure, just like a, 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 as opposed to a temporary structure, which would be like an Aksadra Marpeset, that one has to be at least Ra'ui for dwelling. It has to be Ra'ui for people living. And these people over there, as she says, which means, yeah, you're able to walk in them, but you cannot live in those areas. As she says, what is Bechar? That's the area, a little hut in the beginning, or a little room in the beginning of the house. That's where the Shomena Petah, the guard, sits. Comes the Gemaran continues. Rabbi the Aizer bin Yaakov Omer, Bayit Kemashma'o. Which means, when it says in the Pasuk Bayit, he says it has to be Mamash a Bayit, and he does not have any of the other exemptions. Which means it has to be a regular house. Not Beta Tevin, not Beta Sarot, you're not Niftar. It has to be a regular house. You learn that from the word Bayit. That says, Lo Hanach, it says, Mi Aisha Shirbanabad, Lo Hanacho. So the Gebra says, Lo Hanach, Ve Lo Hanacho. What is Hanacho? He did not inaugurate it. Prat Le Gazlan. It's coming to exclude somebody that stole the house. Which means if he stole the house, he's not patu from going out through it. Only if a person owns it, he's exempt. But if he stole it, he's not exempt. The Gebra says, Who says this is the B? Let us say that this last thing that says if a person steals a house, he's not exempt. And we learn that from the Pasuk Hanacho. 
It's not like Rabbi Yosef. Dehi Rabbi Yosef Gedili Ha'amar Verachal Lebab Zeh Mityare Me'averot Shebiyado Which is already, we have that exemption already Because it says Me'aisha Yireh Lebab And Rabbi Yosef Gedili says, what do you mean? He's scared, he's scared from Averot So obviously if a person stole a house He's exempted from the fact that he has an Averah So what do you need another What do you need another exemption from the word Hanacho? It's already exempted from the word Yireh Verachal Lebab so therefore that statement that exempts a stolen house from Hanako cannot be going like Yosei Gilili. It could even be going like Yosei That the guy stole the house and he made Teshuvah. How did he make Teshuvah? He paid, he paid the money. Now, If that's the case, if he paid them, he's like he bought it. And we know if the guy buys a new house, so he's exempt. Since it came to his hand initially, even though he paid for it later, the Torah says, It has to be his house as opposed to a house that is stolen. So that is the deen of the Gemara, that a stolen house, even if he pays for it after, it's not considered like he bought it. Guy buys a house from scratch, it's new to him, he's exempt. Masha'enken, when he stole it, then he pays for it too late. Once he stole it, he's not exempt from the pasuk that says, Hanacho. Even though it's not a sin, it's, no, it's, no, it's not because he made the Shuvah, but still he is I'm sorry, and still he is not exempt from the war. That is not exempt. Such a house, even though he pays for it, that is not exempt because initially it came to his hand. Because you know, and who's the person that planted a vineyard? Tanu Rabbanan. Asher Nata. Eli Ela Nata. That's only talking about a person who planted a vineyard. Nakah. Let's say he bought a vineyard. Yarash, he inherited. Vinitan lo bematana, he got as a gift. Minayin, how do you know that he's exempt as well? Tamud lomar. Umiya ish, asher nata kerem. Then he says ish. So he could have just said, Umiya asher nata kerem. From the fact that it says, Umiya ish, it's coming to include even those cases. Eni ela kerem. Maybe that's all about a vineyard. Grapes. Minayin, rabot hamisha ilane ma'achal. How do you know that so many, any five trees of ma'achal, ve'afilu mishar minim, even if they're from different species, tamud lomar, asher, in the fact that it says Asher Nata, whoever planted it, doesn't say Asher Kerem Nata. It says Asher Nata Kerem. Nata meaning Mikol Nakom. Well, it says Asher Nata, any planting, maybe it even means four trees of fruit. Or maybe five trees that do not produce fruit. There has to be like a Kerem. And just like a vineyard has at least five saplings, five trees. So too, the minimum is five fruit trees that bear fruit, as we said. Come to He says, no. Just like he said, Bayit is Bayit Kemashma'o. He says, Kerem also is Kemashma'o, which is only a vineyard, is an exemption. No other type of trees. Now, the Pasuk says, Lo Hillel Velo Hillelo. The Pasuk says, and he did not make Hillel yet, which means it didn't come the fourth year yet. We had a chance to make Pijon on the on the fruit yet. So comes the Gemara and says, it's coming to minimize Hillelo, this one. Hillelo, he didn't make Hillel on this to exclude a different type of Prat. Oh, it comes to tell us over in the Braita that somebody that is Mavrik, that we said is, he didn't plant, he actually took the tree that was there and he put the top of it in the ground. Or Markiv is grafting, he is not exempt from the war. 
So therefore, Halilot, this tree, but as opposed to another tree, is not going to exempt him. Which tree is that? A Mavrikh and a Markiv. Kebras, what are you talking about? Amishnah said on the contrary, that Mavrikh and Markiv is an exemption. So we have a stira between the Bright and the Mishnah. Amar Bizira, Amar Hazda, Nakashya. Kan Barkabat Isur, Kan Barkabat Eter, which means. When he grafts Be'isur, what does it mean you graft Be'isur? Which means you graft two different species. It's a suit to graft two different species. So that's not considered planting, and therefore it's not going to be an exemption. Also, when do we say that he has an exemption? When he grafted Mimimino. When he grafted two like species, which is mutar in such a way, so such a grafting is considered a planting, and therefore it's going to exempt it from the wall. So the Gabbara says, wait. Give me the case how he grafted Heter Be'eter. Yeah, we crafted something better. Now, when it says yalda, it means a tree within the first three years. That's a young tree, it's a baby. Now, if he grafted one yalda, one tree, we'll call it a yalda, right? A small tree. It's not yet uh, old, it's within three years. You grafted it in another yalda. Forget about the grafting. He's exempt anyway because he has the first tree. The first tree is, is a small tree within three years. And we said that the, until he makes halud, he's exempt. So what do you have to come out to see that he's exempt because he grafted? Even if he didn't graft, he's, uh, he's exempt from the first tree. Ela yalda biskena. Ela must be talking about where he grafted a, a young tree in an old tree. And therefore the assumption is what? That since he grafted a, a, the young tree into the old tree, so now the Hidush is what? He's going to be exempt. Kamara says, what do you mean? Why is he going to be exempt? When you graft a young tree in an old tree, it takes on the law of an old tree. And therefore, since it takes on the law of an old tree, even though you grafted it with a young tree, there's no din or that's an old tree. Or is finished, Netanyahu is finished, and therefore you're not going to be exempt. So therefore, that cannot be the case either that you grafted a young tree into an old tree, because when you graft young into old, there's a din of old, therefore the orla is finished, the Netanyahu is finished. So what's the case of Harkabat Eter? I'll tell you, it's talking about two young trees. You grafted one young tree into another young tree. So we said, what do you mean? You patut already from the first tree. Right? Because within three years. Which means, when do we say that a tree is subject to the laws of Orla and the laws of Neta It's only when you're planting it, when you're planting it to eat the fruit. However, we're talking about a guy planted a tree over here, let's say he had a fence, and there was a hole in the fence. So he planted a tree in the hole over there so it'll grow and block the breach. Or let's say he planted a tree to use its wood. In that case over there, there's no deen of, uh, of, of orla. So a tree like that normally would not exempt from the war. So what did he do? Let's say a person plants a tree for, to, 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 to breach the fence, or he does it for the lumber. Patur me na orla. He's exempt from the orla. Oh, so therefore, what did he do? He took a yalda. That means a tree that was exempt from orla. So such a tree over there would not exempt it from the war. But what did he do? He took another yalda 
and he grafted into that tree now. So when he grafts the, the fruit tree into the tree for the lumber or the tree for the breach, so now that's considered heter beter, so therefore the grafting is going to be poter, because she's from the first yada, he's not patur, because there's no orlad, there's no netareva in that case. She's only exempt because we, we tell the guy, you're exempt from what you benefit from the fruit. But since this is not hayav in orlad, these things over there, so there's no deen at all, so therefore he's not exempt from the war. Also, what exempts him? Once they graft. I mean, they took a yalda, they put it in this tree that he planted for breaching purposes to breach the fence. So the hadush over there is that the grafting is going to be poterim. Gemara says, "What do you mean? Umay shina yalda b'skenat de batla, umay shina yalda be yalda de lo batla." You just told me that when you put a yalda in a zekena, we treat it like a zekena. So the same thing over here, when you put the fruit tree into this tree over here, which is also a fruit tree, but you planted it for, 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 for breaching purposes, so it should have a deen of, uh, of, of no orla also. Which means you told me the law is that just like the, zeke, the, the, the yalda is batil to the zekena, so I should say the tree that you grafted into, that should be the primary tree, and therefore it has a deen of a tree of siyag, and therefore it should be patur from, from uh, orla, and therefore you should not be exempted from the war. She's by a zikina. You can't change your mind on a zikina. It is what it is. It's an old tree. It's past four years. And therefore, there's no way you can make for an old tree a young tree. When you put the young tree into the old tree, the old tree overpowers it. And it's a deal of zikina. Which means, but in this case over here, if he would change his mind, let's say he planted the tree initially, let's say, to breach a fence. And then he changes his mind after he plants it. No, I want to use it for the fruit. You can change your mind in such a case. And therefore, since you can change your mind in such a case, it can become now hayavin or la. So therefore, when you're going to put a fruit tree into that tree, it's going to, now, not going to be batel. Since it's bat mi'ikara, uh, you can change it, so therefore it's going to take the deen of the new tree. Which means, initially, it, it, it has fruit. It's just you didn't have kabana for the fruit. Look at Rashi. Rashi says... Look on the Rashi Hatam first column Hatam Hatam Gabezekena La Bat Imluchei, which means that you cannot change your mind. La Hazor Viliot Yalda, you can't make a Zekena Yalda. Al Shum Machshava, Aval Natua or Natal Siyag. Let's say you planted it to breach the fence. You changed your mind within the first three years. Le Kayamale Perot Hayevet Beola. So it changes its item. When you put this halkava of a fruit tree that you planted for eating purpose, and you made halkava in there, even though you didn't change your mind on the first tree, it's, it's already standing for achila. Which means, and the machshaba for the halkava is going to help the tree that you grafted it into. Because why? Because even Initially, if you would have machshava to make it a fruit treat for eating purposes, it would have worked. And the Gemara brings from there. That's the Gemara Zayah. That when you put it in a zikena, you can't change a zikena. It is what it is. Mashiach, when you put a yalda into a zikena. The yalda, I'm sorry, when you put a yalda into a yalda, but the original tree you planted for not uh, eating purposes, you planted it for wood, so normally it's patur from Allah. But since you were able to change your mahshabah if you did so, 
and it is a fruit tree after all, so therefore when you graft into that tree, so now it's like you change the mahshaba into a fruit tree, and therefore you're going to be exempt from the workers. Now it's going to be hayab in Orlan. The Gemara says, like a case where you have a tree that grew by itself, there was no mahshaba at all. You have a tree that grew by itself, if it grows by itself, it's hayab in Why? Because it's la'ui to, 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 be, to be like that, so therefore it's going to be hayab, so it's not going to be worse than that, which even when they planted, they had no kavana, but still, it's going to work. So comes again, Moran says, what do you have to give a case like this, where you took one tree into another tree, and you made harkaba, and it's talking about a case over there, the, 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 the first tree over there was talking about where you planted it for, uh, for, for wood, and therefore it's patud, and therefore you have to go to the wood, and therefore the harkaba is poteri, what do you have to give that case? Which means, Let's talk about a case we have a kerim, a vineyard that belongs to two uh, partners. That each one will go back for his own item. What does that mean? Look at that sheet in the bottom. What do you have to give a case like this where you plant it for non-food purposes then you want to change it to an arkaba? Look, maybe it was a simple case. You planted it for akhila purposes. Ah, uh, so he says, what do you need arkaba for? We'll say the case is talking about that the tree belonged to the Uved, and Shimon came and made the Arkabah, liyot perot Arkabah shelo. So therefore, on the first tree, Shimon is not exempt from the first tree. It's not his tree. But the tree that he was malkim, meaning he grafted into that tree, that's his grafting. So therefore, that's the case, which means he's patur from the Yalda, the first one, but he's going to be, I'm sorry, he's hayav to go to the war from the first tree, because the first tree is not his. He, he cannot be exempt from war. Shimon cannot be exempt from war on the tree of Reuven. But once he was Markiv in it, so therefore be exempt from the fact that he was Markiv. So why don't you say that case? So the Gibraltar says, Zoto Amara Papa, Zoto Meret. And therefore the Gibraltar says, The Hai Hadar Adide, which means Reuven will be exempt from the Nitian, Shimon will be exempt from the Harkaba, Hai Hadar Adide. So you see from over here the reason why the Gemara didn't bring this case because when their partners on a tree partners are not exempt therefore the guy that was Markiv into the Uven street since there's a partnership in that tree there is no exemption that's why the Gemara did not give that case what's the difference between a case like this you have let's say five brothers that they all went out to war and one of them died in the war all the other four brothers go back. Why? Because they're all potentially able to fulfill the mitzvah Yibum now on their sister-in-law. So that's like a partnership over there. So you see the partnership of Yibum exempts the brothers. So therefore why doesn't the partnership in Nithi'ot exempt the Noteya and the Markiv? Hatam kol karinan which means, by the case of Yibum, each brother potentially, that's considered his wife. So the Torah says, you go back for your wife. Each one's potentially called his wife, because potentially he's going to marry her. But Sheikhan, in the case of partnership, it's not called Karmo, it's a, it's a Shutafut. And if it's a Shutafut, there is no exemption on a Shutafut. But the partnership of a, of a Yibum, each one can consider that lady his wife to make an exemption. comes along and says that I'll give you the case that what? That it said in the Mishnah. 
that if a person grants, he's going to go back, what's the case? B'merkiv ilan b'yarak. Oh, it's talking about over here where he grafted a tree with a vegetable. Now she says, Which means on vegetables you don't go back. That's not considered a tree. So therefore from the vegetable standpoint, you're not going to go back. So that's why, even though it's within the first three years. However, when you took the vegetable and you grafted it into the tree, so on the grafting, that's what's going to make you be exempt. So what do you mean? But that type of grafting is asur. Because it's a, it's vegetable in a, in a, in a, in a fruit. That's already harkavat isur. This shita's own that grafting in min chenu mimino biyarak is muta. So therefore, seter beheter yarak with perot. Oh, so from the yarak you're not going to be patu because that's like a seder netiyah. So therefore, from that standpoint, you have to go to the wall. Once you grafted it, then already going to be patur. Therefore, he's going to be exempt. When Avdimi came from Eretz Israel, Amar Yohanan, he said the name of Yohanan. Who's the author? Uh, of the Braita, which is the Braita that said what? That a Mavrich and a Markiv goes to the war against Amishnah. Amishnah said a Markiv and a Mavrich is Patur from the war. However, the Braita said he goes out to war. Who's the author of that Mishnah? Rabbi the Ezra bin Yaakovi. Which means, Lo Amar bin Ezra bin Yaakov, Atam Kerim Kemashma'o, Hachanami Neta Kemashma'o, Noteya'in, Mavrichu Markiv, Lo. Just like Rabbi Ezra bin Yaakov, when he said earlier in the Mishnah, he said that when he says the word Kerim, Kerim, only a Kerim, it means only a vineyard. So too, when it says the word Nata, he takes it literally, only when you plant. To exclude Arkava and Havracha. So he'll be the author of the Braita. So it comes out we have two answers how to answer the Braita. The Braita said that you do not go back for grafting. Either I can tell you Sabili Ezra and Yaakov, this is you only go back for Nitiyah Mamash, just like he learns the word Kerim is Kerim Mamash, Nitiyah is Nitiyah Mamash. Or I can say, like I said earlier, the Gemara answer that I was talking about, Harkabat Isur be Isur. Oh, so since you made Isur over there, so therefore you're not going to go back. And the Mishnah, I'll tell you, is going what? Either it's Harkabat Heter be Heter, right? We'll talk case it was Mutar be Mutar, a Yalda into a Yalda. Uh, what's the case? The case is talking about where you took a Yalda, uh, a regular fruit tree that you planted for food, and you grafted it into a tree that you grafted, that, that you planted for wood, which normally wouldn't be exempt, but to the grafting that is going to exempt you, or I could tell you that the case is talking about it was a kerim it was a kerim of two partners, and therefore the hadush is that Reuven, let's say, is going to be patur from the Nitiyab history, and Shimon is patur when he makes the havracha into the tree of Reuven. That's another case of heter beheter. Why the havracha is going to be poterim? Comes the Gemara and says a new law. Ki atar abdimi amar b'yuhanam mishum rebi Eliezer ben Yaakov yalda pechuta mitefav. You have a tree. And the tree is a very short tree. It doesn't grow that much. It's a very small tree. It doesn't grow more than a tefah. 
even though it's after the third year, still the fruits are forbidden. Why? After the third year, it should be mutar. You know why? The tree is very small, so the people are going to think that's only a one-year-old tree. The guys are going to see him eating the fruits. They're going to say, what do you mean? The guys are eating fruits of Allah. So therefore, a small tree that doesn't grow more than the tefa, the deen is, that it's hayevet be'ola, all its existence. That's what you're talking about in a kerem. That's a small kerem. They have two trees against two trees and one of a tail, like the picture in the Shia and Lishon. Two against two and then you know, a fifth one coming out. But if the whole kerem is a short midget kerem of one tefah, kana itle. Everybody knows about it, which is such a thing as so many trees, people know that really it's an older vine, an older field, it's just that the trees grow small, so nobody's going to worry about Maritain. You only worry about Maritain on a small amount of trees where there's no voice, where there's no talking. Nobody knows about a little uh, couple, of, couple of trees. But if you have a whole vineyard of trees like that that are short or small, everybody knows that it's really an older field, just they grow short, therefore there's a cold, if we don't have to worry about Maritain. Tofes arba amot kiriyat shema. That husband shop is a met. You're not allowed to read kiriyat shema within four amot of the met. Dichtiv lo eg la rash heref osehu. That husband shop you're making you're making fun of the dead, as if you're saying you can't read kiriyat shema and I can. And therefore, you're causing him to have complaints against God. So therefore, you're not allowed to read kiriyat shema within four amot of a met. Amar. Rabbi Yitzhak, Amar Rabbi Yohanan, Mishum, Rabbi Eliezer bin Yaakov. Hurgeta, Hurgeta is a stepdaughter, which is a lady gets married and she brings into her marriage a daughter. Higagedela bin Ha'achim. Right? She goes into her marriage and the guy that she marries has sons from a different lady. So technically they're not related. Her stepdaughter and his, now her husband's sons, they're not related, but if she grows up together in the same house with them, it's forbidden for to get married to the brothers. Why? It looks like her sister. Nobody knows that it's a step uh, step uh, daughter, or a daughter from a different, from, from the, the wife's daughter. So therefore, they're living together in the house, they cannot get married, because people are going to think that they're marrying the sister. Vilahi, the Gabbana says that's not so. That on such a thing, there's a call. Everybody knows when somebody gets married that this is from one marriage and this children are from another marriage, and therefore he says, indeed, it is mutar. Let's say the anim, they collect their entitlements. The law is that the anim are patur from ma'asro. patur from ma'asir. So they collected it. However, sha'asa'an begorin, let's say they made a pile. They pile them all up. Then normally the halakha says when a person takes a, a, a product from the field and makes a pile, once you make the pile, you have in giving ma'asrot. Even naked shkau pe'ah. Now they made it into a pile. The people are going to think that it's regular product. They're going to say, oh, he has to give ma'asrot on it. Therefore, you have to give ma'asrot even on naked shkau pe'ah. Once you make it into a that's only talking about when you're doing it in the field. But in the field, but in the city, there's a voice that comes out. What is the voice? Let's read Rashi. Rashi says, 
That would be the Basadish. Lo yadu akotsh niknesu me'at me'at. Which means in the field, they don't know that it's like a chikhan pe'ah. The ta'anim brought a little at a time in. V'sivurin shikadalsh, they say it grew over there, they made a pile. Abad be'ir, kotsh shikhenav ra'u shikhenis al-yad al-yad. In the city, they see the Ani brought a little in at a time. And if we everybody knows that the Ani brought a little in the time. They see that it's like a Chapa. Eventually, he put it into a pile, but they know it emanated from like a Patur mina Maasir. And how do you know like a Patur mina Maasir? Which means the Levi comes and takes a Helik, he, he takes a, a piece of the action because he does not have a Helik. Which means the Levi only takes a piece of ma'asir of property that does not that does not have a helik in. But property that he has a helik in, he does not take. Which property that is a helik in? How does the Levi have a helik? If a Levi is an ani, he's not so it says he in lo helik. He only takes maaser on the property that he has no share in, but property that he has sheichut to, like like a shkapei, where he can go take it because he's a levi, he'd be able to to take it. So the, so so therefore there is no hayuv of maaser on that subject. Baruch Adonai Amen.